Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. It is Tuesday night. That means it is On The Beat Live. we got a special episode tonight. Uh, Greg Barnes is not with us, taking a break before the long, hard grind of two seasons back-to-back starts next week for him. But I've got Taylor Vipolis, Jason Staples uh, in some fantasy land, and Gregory Hall, as always, manning the wheels, controlling this uh, – this live deal that we've been trying to do. Of course, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com are our sponsors. Look after them as they look after us. Uh, find some IC swag if you get a chance. Um, you can always look hard and find the IC stuff. Let me Before we get started, when we tailgate in the Bowls lot, you'll be able to get stuff like this. I love cooler stickers. I even got them on my car. So join us in the Bowls lot. For Inside Carolina Live down there pregame and also Inside Carolina Live postgame shows sponsored by Blue Shark right after the games streaming live on our socials. Gentlemen, we're trying to do a little bit different today. Gregory, um, I'm going to let you explain what we're trying to do here before we get started. When we did the live deal, I wanted it to be interactive and we've kind of done that with the chat. Yes, sir. But we've gone an extra step tonight, and we will see how it works. I said YOLO earlier. Gregory, tell us what we're doing tonight. So I posted this this Zoom link that the four of us are in on our IC Premium board, the Premium Football Board. And if you're an IC Premium subscriber, you knew about this. I teased it on Sunday, and I dropped it Monday morning. It's been the board. People have seen it. Um, Kind of instructions on how to join the show. So we've got three people in the zoom waiting room right now that we're going to bring in. Um, and they're going to, the we got some rules that we put out there as far as like one question, one follow-up, try to keep to three to five. But if we don't have people lining up, then we can just kind of keep going and maybe we'll bring in more than one at a time and things like that. But if you're watching this and you weren't aware that the zoom link, if you're an IC premium subscriber and you were not aware that the zoom link is up on the board, it's still there. Go check it out. Hop in this waiting room and bring your mango and come hang out with us. It's not mango tonight, mango. boys. It's a uh, brown tonight, and I'm not yeah. talking about that. Let me let's do this first before we get to our. Oh, also, hold guest. on, hold on. Let me since I'm going to be this boy doing things. I'm just saying, Taylor, Taylor. I've had people talk. Give him that full time like, status, and I mean, good head <laughs> I'm just saying, you start getting a paycheck, and you can cut me off. Go ahead. One thing is I'm, st- I'm, I'm working on the mic. Hopefully it sounds better tonight. Two, since I'm going to be bringing people in, you're going to hear clicking. I'm going to try to keep it on the down low, but I'm just prefacing that. You're going to hear some clicking ma- interaction to the max, Tommy. What this, mean, what this means, with me. it's like what this means is he is begging for, for people on the message boards and on social media to complain about the clicking or any other thing that's distracting on this recording. Please just let him know what you think of it. 
I'll get that's my what coffee he wants. ready for the morning yep. and read everything y'all have to say. Yeah, really. Gregory is sensitive sometimes, so be, be easy on the young man. Uh, Taylor, since you are the most professional of the bunch and you sit quietly and wait for us to quit talking junk to each other, I'm going to complain on you the first thing. What is up with the red? I'll let you explain it because we don't wear red on these shows. Tell us why you're doing that tonight. I saw – I saw somebody in the chat was saying something to David in the chat was asking why I was wearing red. First off, this is a, a Charlotte school. It's Providence day uh, showing some love to the 704. It's like, I played at Carolina. I understand why people don't like the red. Like th it's the same thing when I go back home and I'm wearing, uh, I guess you would consider it Duke blue, but it's like, if I'm wearing Duke blue and UNC, but it's like Nick stuff, people still give me, crap for it like you could wear other colors as long as it's not a, a school affiliated i mean this is 704 we're repping throwing the fours up that's all i have to say shout out to listen, providence day listen I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go to it you know this i'm not often gonna gonna back anybody i'm gonna bust you if i can but i'm gonna i'm gonna back this look you play you 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 wear the colors when you're playing for the team you've earned the right to wear whatever colors you want to wear for the rest of your life so that's the way that works. It's not even like it says Wolfpack. It says Chargers. No, if it had said Wolfpack, then that's all off. Different. Yeah, that's all off at that oh, point. Oh, you would have been. If someone had come into this Zoom with you wearing a Wolfpack and they were being a fool, I would let them at that point. Well, yeah, I, uh, man. I, I'll be honest. I thought it was a, at first a San Diego Charger like alternate jersey. I was like, what is happening? And, and you got to love Staples sitting in here, you know, chest all out with the great inside Carolina 20 shirt. You know, mine's all wrinkled here because I'm a little bit old. Staples is looking like Arnold. Man, that is – let's get rolling. Taylor. All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to bring in – also, there's on. not going to be – we're not bringing someone in yet? No, not yet because I want to get pregame thoughts before Man, the game we're getting, starts. We're loose tonight, fellas. Here we hey, go. You wanted it live. You it's got it. It's been a long day. You're getting it live, baby. Absolutely. Taylor, we haven't talked at all this preseason. Um, I, you've been dropping some good content, talking to people. Um, is this hype uh, – is it going to be crazy? as we build up to Virginia Tech next Friday night. Yeah, I think the team is trying to handle it the best way that they can possible. You know, like the Friday night, Friday night lights quote, like hype, hype is not real. Like this team right now, they understand everybody's talking about them. They understand that their expectations are at maybe 2010 LSU levels right now. <laughs> and they're going in trying to prove to everybody that, they're more than the hype that there is some substance to what this team is. And when you're, when you're looking at this team, it obviously starts at the quarterback, Sam Howell, but this is a team where their confidence goes well beyond Howell. you know, this defense should take a huge step forward with uh, every starter back from that orange bowl. You have guys like Eugene Asante on defense, ready to step, step into a, a new role and a bigger role on the defense. You have, uh, a lot of continuity back on the offensive line with five starters, an exciting grad transfer, Ty Chandler coming in, trying to replace what Michael Carter and Javante Williams did in the offense. So this is, this is a team right now that is they're feeling themselves a little before going into that Virginia tech game. And I think that's, that's could be dangerous at times, but I think this team has so much experience coming back where, you know, you can be a, a certain level of confident, heading into week one 
but also come in prepared and not get embarrassed on, on a national stage to start your season. Jason, you're, you're from a program um, that had some expectations every year uh, and they, for the most part, lived up to them for about 20 straight years or so. Uh, how does one manage expectations? And it's a little different when you think about Florida State because they knew how to win and they expected to win. I'm not sure Carolina is at that point yet. In fact, I, I know they're not. But how does Mac Brown and his staff uh, manage this hype as we get closer and closer to 6 o'clock in Blacksburg on 3rd? The biggest thing is you focus on process. And that's that you sell yourself on all off season. You start it a couple weeks after the season begins. And this has to come from senior leadership. This has to come from, well, in, in Howell's case, junior leadership. Uh, this has to come from the guys on the team who are really invested and from the coaching staff as well. But it basically has to be a, look, it's a new season. We haven't, you know, nothing's going to be awarded to us. And now, We've earned the right to have expectations, but that also means everybody's going to be gunning for us. So we better outwork them every day. And we better, we better make sure that we're that much better every day than we were last year. And that's what you have to do. You, you get confidence and you learn like, look, we've, we've won now. We know what it's like to, to start winning some games. We've earned some, the, the chance and you, and you relish that you relish the pressure. You want that to be there because that means we're you know what when there's expectations that means we're good that means we actually have a chance to to really do some things the things that we came here to do but the only way that happens is if on the day to day we do our jobs and do it at the intensity and focus level that is required to be excellent and so you just focus on that and, oh, and, and you do address the elephant in the room. Like, guys, everybody's going to be watching for you guys to either fall or to succeed. But you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to close down in this, in, in this program. We're going to circle those wagons, and we're going to do things the right way. And if we do that, we're going to earn every bit of what, what's expected of us. And you, you apply that every day in the offseason, and you gain confidence as more and more guys are bought in. That's the benefit of this. The more guys that are like, yeah, you know what? We're, if, we, if we do this, we can, we, like, we actually can do this. The more guys that buy in, the more you see those guys working in the offseason and the more confidence you have that nobody else is doing what we're doing. Nobody else has what we've got. And so when you get there, and that was one of the things about Florida State. You know, I got there at the tail end of, of, of that, but I got to see it up close in that, in the offseason, we really believe that nobody worked like us. And that may have been true. I don't know. I mean, I was in other places. But we believed that. And when it came time for game day, nine out of the 11 regular season games every year were basically won before a snap was, was, was made. And both teams knew it. <laughs> because our guys walked out there going, we put in the work that you didn't do. We started out better than you. We put in the work. We've earned this. And now you go out with that confidence of it doesn't matter what happens. We're winning this. So when things go wrong, you just kind of like, oh, okay, it's like that. All right, well, 
strap up, we're coming back. And that gives you that confidence. So that's how the expectations are not a bad thing if you have a mature team that has worked because that work that comes with the expectations, when you respond to the expectations with the work, then you gain the confidence that you get from that extra work. So, and I think this Carolina team is, you're going to see some of that because that's one of the things Mac Brown understands is how to get that kind of program built and how to get that kind of uh, mentality in his program. And, and you're already seeing the dividends of that, I think. Indeed there. I figured it out. I didn't order a medium. I ordered the actual size I wear. Sure. This Greg- ain't medium either. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory, uh, let's bring our first guest in inside Carolina premium subscriber, bring them in. Let's see what they've got to offer and ask our panel of experts. All right, let's get the switch the overlay here. All right, drum roll. And the first guy, who we got? <laughs> there he is. Beautiful. What's up? Audio. And while we are waiting, Mr. Honeycutt is joining, and we might just keep right on talking, and then, Gregory, you can bring him in as we're still talking. Sure. Man, Honeycutt, when you come in, you got to have your stuff on point now. <laughs> Do you have your mic? Can you hear us? I'm still just connecting. Yeah, he's connecting to audio still, so something's going on there. Oh, bummer. Back him out and try again. Hey, you got it. This is the beauty of working live. Oh, oh. we got him. Mr. Looks Honeycutt, like... how you doing? Oh, nope. Oh, no. It's live. Oh. All right. Oh. You're going to have muted. Now he's muted. Now he's uh, muted. All right. All We're good. Muted. Man, this is this live I'm stuff unmuted. is wild. Let's go. We got Let's it. Go. That wasn't are, that bad. First one, are, that wasn't that bad. You are the first live question asker other than the people you see in front of you. Go for it. Make it count. Mute it again. Mute it again. I've got some god-awful feedback here, so uh, I'll just ask it and then, and then uh, leave it there for y'all to. The old hang up and listen. Go for it. What you got for us? So I've been re-watching the Virginia Tech game from 2019 up in Blacksburg today. And that one to me, I think, is probably the most on point for what we can look for coming up here on the third, which I'll be there, by the way. I've got my tickets ready to go. And... I'm curious to know, first of all, if y'all agree that those two roster makeups are probably a more similar look at what we'll have uh, on the third. And then just kind of what your thoughts are on the atmosphere up there, how that's going to impact the game, if at all. All right. I'll let you start at first. And – it matters for the next person. If you're on us, I know YouTube is a little bit behind. So if you'll mute the YouTube stream when you're asking the question, but anyway, good question, Vip. I'll let you go first, uh, hit it in whatever order you want to take it. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest difference between this roster makeup and the roster makeup that you had in 2019, that 2019 team up in Blacksburg was relying way too heavily on Aaron Crawford and Jason Strobridge, where they were playing just about every snap. So I think when you're looking at the 2019 team and the 2021 team from what everybody kind of expects, 
the D line is going to be a lot deeper. There, there should be a lot more bodies that you can rotate in. And I think that's why this UNC team is kind of coming in so confidently and thinking that their defense can take this, this next step because they do have a lot more bodies to rotate in. I think you're going to still see some, um, some reserve towards getting in like some of the younger linebackers like Ra Ra Dilworth and Power Eccles when you have a guy like Jeremiah Gemmel and Eugene Asante. But I think the D line is is years ahead of where that 2019 team is in terms of talent and in terms of, of depth. And then just in terms of Lane Stadium, um, from my experience, it was it was my favorite stadium to play in. I think the atmosphere there was awesome. Every time we were there, uh, I, I see Jason giving me the thumbs down. I feel like I'm on around the horn right now and I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting some yeah, get points some, to get some sound effects. I, I had, also I had, big flex, my favorite stadium to play in. Get out of here. My favorite stadium to watch a game. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's the same argument, but lane stadium. I think that, um, the 2015 trip that we took up there, it was uh, a lot different just because it was Beamer's last game and it was for the coastal. So that had a lot of different excitement to it. Um, but I think their, their fans bring it there. They get loud. They're, they're going to go in thinking that they have a chance. Even it's, it's week one. Anything could kind of happen when you, when you bring in college football and the, the different variables, but I think atmosphere wise in terms of games in the ACC lane stadium, it's up there with it, with anybody else. Let me, let me ask you this real quick, Taylor. You said that you think that the D line has a lot more depth and talent if I understood you correctly, yeah. Uh, than we did in uh, in nineteen, and I'm thinking back to Strobridge and Crawford. You know, Crawford, of course, PFF loved him, right? And then and then Strobridge, of course, is an NFL player. I get that we've got a lot more depth there, but in terms of two war daddies up front, um, you know, I'm thinking about Vohasic and and Miles Murphy, and I guess KJ Hester. I mean. I agree we've got more depth, but in terms of more talented experience, I mean, is that really the case? I mean, wouldn't you rather have uh, your first rotation being Crawford and Strobridge this this time around if you could have it? And do you and if the answer to that is no, like how do you I mean, how do you see this going up front with Virginia Tech? Uh, Because even though they've lost like that kid, uh, Darishaw, even though they've lost him, and then, you know, the kid that transferred up to West Virginia, Nestor, I think his name was. I mean, they're still, they've still got some good players on their offensive line. Yeah, talent-wise, I think Strobridge and Crawford, they would start on this team still. Um, but I think when, when you're looking at it, like, in the, the third and the fourth quarter, when it's like 60% of Crawford and Strobridge, it's going to, it isn't going to be as good as, you know, a hundred percent of Javari Ritzy rotating in when you have guys like Tamari Fox, you have guys like uh, Ray Vahasik where Carolina can rotate guys in where, you know, you're getting to the fourth overtime and Jay Bateman is like, Aaron, I don't know what you have left or Strobridge. I don't know what you have left going up like 70, 80 snaps, but like whatever you have, I, I need it from you because I don't trust anybody else rotating in. And I think Carolina has that trust now under Jay Bateman and with, with guys going into year two and year three into the same system where I think you're looking at a hundred percent of somebody of your two 
is a lot better than the the 60% or the 70% you were getting with Strobridge or with Crawford at the one. But I do agree with you that Strobridge and Crawford at their best would start on this, on this line uh, pretty easily. Jason, I know you're chomping on the bit to get in here. So I just want to kind of <laughs> tee this up for you here and see, and tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I could be totally wrong here, but talking about having Vahasek in your ones, right. And then you have very talented twos and can even bring in some of that third line. If you needed, does it help that you can also kind of play more situational and not expect your guys to understand what they need to do every down and things like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can have a guy in practice and reps focus. Okay. You're going to be our third and short guy that I want you to put 150% of your effort into third and short. And he might have to not have to deal ever with like a second and long is that a situation that we're at here no i look think at that, that look at that guy hold on jason look at that guy gregory <laughs> hall what a question it, hey, and honey it's, cut honey cut team me up all right and it's Honeycutt, it's it's up. where it's one it's of the places i was gonna go because i think that's right now in terms of practice i mean you're still these guys still have to be prepared to play on all downs and all that they can't just focus and practice sure. or whatever in preparation for that but practically speaking you can say, well, you know what? We're not going to have uh, Tamari Fox as our, you know, goal line third and one nose tackle, right? But you might stick him there on third and 19 because good luck, right? So that's the sort of thing that they're going to be, they're going to rotate a lot of different skill sets. And that's the thing. They've got a lot of skill sets on this team. But going back to what Taylor said, I mean, uh, in that game, uh, Strobridge played 77 snaps. <laughs> Way too many. That's, that's 25, 30 too many. And Crawford played 83. That's and criminal. You can, they, you can make the argument they needed to play every one of those snaps. They had to play every one of those snaps. I that did make that worse. argument in 2019 because people were like, why are they worse. doing this? But they didn't have anybody that was – when those guys were 50%, they were better than the next guy. But this year, those guys on this roster would have played 45, 50 snaps in this game. They would have started, but Strobridge would have played 55 snaps. Because they would have somebody right behind him that is going to take, you know, you're going to, you're going to split the other 40 reps between two guys. And those guys for those 20 reps are going to be absolutely unleashed because they know they better, they better bust their butt on their, on the reps that they got. How do you earn more time? Right. And they're trying to earn more reps. So you know, I think that's a huge factor. Another factor is, again, as uh, Gregory said, you've got the situational factor, which plays into that, that you got guys that can play different roles uh, and, and focus all their energy when they're on the field on those roles. You know, it's goal line, and all of a sudden we're sticking a little bit more beef out there, and these two guys haven't been in this, this drive we can rely on them in this situation. So we're going to stick them in there and they're fresh. That matters. That helps. And the other thing is as good as Crawford and Stroh were and are, they still were not 305, 310 pounds. And there's, you know, the old coaching saying that a big guy can do big guy. Oftentimes will do more by accident than the little guy will do on purpose. 
And there's some beef that they're going to be able to put on the field with this, with this roster. I mean, you're going to see instead of two defensive tackles on the field, they're going to play plenty of three defensive tackle packages, basically just trying to cause problems for that, for that running, for that rushing offense to say, look, we're going to clog things up enough in here. You're going to have to run wide. And they're going to force teams to try to run off tackle and run wide and, and, and run to the ball. And that, that's stuff that they couldn't do as much with the, the packages that they were running out there with, uh, with those two guys. So even though those two guys would have been the best guys on this roster at present, although there's guys, the young, there are a couple of young guys that, that their ceiling is higher than Strobridge or Crawford ever could have been, but they're not quite there. They're not developed yet, but given that extra size and given some of what they're able to do schematically, that gives them more tools in the toolbox to, to pull out against a team that's going to try to bludgeon you like what Virginia Tech's going to do. They're going to try to run it on you a bunch. And if you can match with a bunch of 300 pounders up front and then linebackers that can run, yep, that really helps. Mr. Honeycutt, thank you. Did we answer your questions? Yeah. Uh, Real quick, uh, I live in Roanoke. I married a Hokie, and uh, I'm looking forward to this game a lot. Um, and uh, I, I uh, got a lot, lot riding on it here personally. So, <laughs> good to talk to y'all. Let oh, me know where the tailgate is. I'll, I'll stop by. Yeah, we're <laughs> up there too. I'll be up there as well on September third. So, uh, if you got a good spot, hit us up. Thanks so much for uh, coming on. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining the show. All right, while we're transitioning to another guest off the live uh, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers, I'm going to ask you a question um, off of the YouTube chat, and let's switch to offense. And, Vip, I'll go to you with this one since you were one of these guys. Any receivers besides Josh that are ready to stretch the field in place of Diami Brown? That's from Brian Daniels on YouTube. Diami Brown, I'm sorry. Mr. Brown, number two. Vip, there's been a, a lot of discussion about guys uh, not healthy. Um, who, who out there is going to stretch this field for Carolina? I think Josh Downs will, especially judging what he did against Texas A&M. Um, but who else is out there that this this fan base can expect on September 3rd especially? Yeah, I think right now if, if the game were to be played tomorrow, your receivers you're looking at, Anton Green, Emory Simmons on the outside, Josh Downs in the slot. So it would be it would be that trio of receivers. You've you've heard a lot about Emory Simmons kind of dropping down to I think he's at like 205 now, down from like 215. And he's consistently one of the fastest players on Carolina's team at practices where they wear the the GPS trackers and the the strength and conditioning staff is keeping track of everything. And then uh, Anton Green, like this is it feels like this is the topic every off season. Like, is this the season that Anton green is going to kind of put it together because you look at him on paper and he should be the number one receiver for this Carolina team. He has everything you, you could look for. Everything. And, and the thing you've heard with Anton green, it's, it's, he's playing with a lot more confidence now. And it's, it's like, if, if, if he wasn't in the right mindset in college football, that could get out of hand quickly where it's like you just don't feel like you belong. So if he's in the right mindset and by all accounts, everybody has said he's in the right mindset, he's, he's playing like a much more confident receiver, then he has the talent to be 
a number one receiver for this Carolina team. And I think when, when you're talking about the receivers at, for Carolina, like we really haven't been getting too many updates on a guy like Bo Corrales or guys like Choffrey Brown. So it's almost like these are your receivers that you have right now. These are the guys that I think Carolina is expecting to be starting when they go to uh, Blacksburg. So it's like these are the guys where it, it would have to be one of those three for me. Over under six touchdown catches for Justin Olsen. Justin Olsen? Oh, under. 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 Uh, yeah. Just curious. Just under. He's gotten a lot of love right now. I was just seeing where you guys were at. All right. Just hey, testing. Uh, I mean, I think he'll surprise some folks, but under on that. Jason, on this receiver deal, two years ago, there was a lot, there were a lot of drops. And then last year, there were not. Um, can Carolina folks expect that? I think Gregory Hall is on record saying that somebody's going to drop a big pass on September 3rd. Um, I did say that. I'm not going to call names, but, but Jason, how tough is it for guys to get acclimated, even if they've been on the roster for a while? I mean, a guy like Emory Simmons has been out there and made some fantastic catches. His catch against Notre Dame, one of the best of the year. Is that the one uh, he pinned on the guy's back? They went, yeah, something like that, down in the corner, far corner away from me. It's the uh, one he mossed a guy on. Yeah. Gotcha. So how, how much chemistry and all that can you develop in the offseason Versus how much needs to be built during the season? Um, well, the chemistry thing is one thing. And that, you know, that can be built a bunch during the offseason and during camp. I mean, you, you throw it and catch it and throw it and catch it. Uh, but the, the bigger thing is when you get the extra adrenaline of being out there with people where it matters in a different way than it does in practice adrenaline does funny things. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if, if, you know, for those of you out there who've, you know, play golf and, you know, you've got a $5, $5 bet on a, on a hole, it changes the way you feel when you putt. It just does. And, you know, that's five bucks, <laughs> you know? So you add, you multiply that out and, it's when you have that sense when, when there's just a moment to think about it and think about the think about the moment that you're in that adrenaline can change some things. Uh, once you're actually going and you're, you know, if you're not thinking that can help, but you know, the, the problem is if, if your heart rate's really up and you're just, you know, full of adrenaline as you're running down the field, that's where sometimes your focus is just not quite as good as it is in practice because you're not, as, as hard as you practice, you can't practice, you can't replicate game speed and game intensity. And you have the, the thing that experience allows you to have is to be able to learn the, you know, sort of the focus adjustments and things that you need to have when the real lights come on and when the real bullets start flying on how you're going to respond to that. And like, okay, I need to, I need, you know, this is what I need to do to be able to make it feel like practice. Uh, and that takes a little bit of time for most guys. And that's why you see, you know, young guys drop some balls early on that they shouldn't have dropped and that they don't drop later in their career, those sorts of things, because you've got that adrenaline factor. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but the thing, I, the thing I will say is Emory Simmons has as good a hands as anybody at, at wide receiver, probably in the ACC, he's got great hands, uh, you're not going to see Simmons. You know how many you know how many balls Simmons has dropped at Carolina? 
I know he hasn't pl- played a ton, but you know how many he's actually dropped? Taylor does. I can't remember one. Zero. He's not dropped one. And the thing is, he hasn't even juggled one. And so, you know, he's a guy that, that you don't expect him to drop a ball. When he, and, and, he, and everybody's going to drop one once in a while. I mean, it's going to happen. It's a hard thing to do. But that's a guy I trust to make the catch. That's, that's his biggest selling point is when the ball hits his hands, he's a suction cup. It's like a vacuum. Thing is, Antoine, uh, Antoine Green is a natural hands catcher. He's got really natural hands. And if he's going to drop a ball, it's going to be because of that adrenaline situation, maybe early in a game or maybe on, a, on that initial deep ball or whatever. But here's the thing he's been missing. And this is what Taylor was talking about just a moment ago. This is what Vip was saying is if that guy's confidence is finally there, if he actually is out there believing that he belongs, which to me has always been, he hasn't felt like he's earned it because he hasn't. But he put in the work this offseason. And that actually helps earn the sense of confidence that you take out there. And if he goes out there with that sense of confidence, that guy's got as good a hands as anybody out there too. So you're looking at just natural catchers where, you know, some of the guys on prior rosters, they learned to be better catchers of the football, but they were not natural catchers of the football. You could just see the way that guys use their hands. Uh, those two guys are really good, are really good at that. And as long as they're out there, they're going to catch it. And J- Josh Downs, I'm not too worried about either. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about that. And, and the other thing I want to I highlight that, uh, that goes back to the first part of this, people forget that Anton Green, ran a 21.5 200 meters in high school. That's fast. Sounds good. I just did quick math in my head. That's 10.75 meter dash for those out there who are mathematically yeah. challenged. You're welcome. Yeah. So what that's going to be is that's going to be about a 10.85 and then about a 10.65 coming home with the flying hundred. So, I mean, you're looking at a 10.800 meters there to be able to run 21.5. That's fast. And that's a big body moving like that. So you're talking about a very talented player that can stretch the defense. And Emory Simmons has already shown he can moss a guy. So I'm not worried about the wide receiver position at Carolina this year. I'm just not. And, you know, then you add as Corrales gets healthy again, you add him, you add Choffrey Brown, who when he's out there, he's going to be the fastest guy on the field. You got you got options. And. You know, I, I think I, I, if I'm going to worry about anything on this team, it's the, the wide receiver position is not the first place I'm looking, not the second either. Yeah, a quick follow-up to Jason's point, kind of and, going off that And adrenaline. then we'll get our, our guy Andy in here. Yeah, a quick, quick uh, note first. With that adrenaline, one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing with this team is how the receivers kind of handle that atmosphere in Lane Stadium because Jason knows, like, when you're out there at receiver, it's it's real easy to turn at your 15-yard route into 10, 12 yards and try to cheat it to get out of the break. And then if you're cheating that at 12 and the quarterback's not ready yet, you're throwing off the all the timing. So I think that's one thing I'm going to look for for the receivers, just trying to see that, that chemistry and whenever they're going back and talking with Sam Howell because – I think that's one thing that like when the when the juices start getting going, it's really easy to cut your route short and try to get out of breaks early to try to get an advantage. But in the end, all you're doing is screwing over your quarterback. Yeah, the, the, the tendency for wide receivers with adrenaline is to hurry. 
you, you, you try to rush everything and then everything just gets out of sync and you drop balls because you're not timings off and all that. Uh, the, and that's why experienced players learn that the first thing you have to do when pressure is there is you make yourself feel like you're slowing down. And that's when you're actually running fast. That's when you're actually playing well. You have to, you have to slow everything down. Uh, and these guys, you know, they're well coached. They'll be able to, they'll, they'll, they'll learn to do that. Mr. Bagwell, appreciate you joining the show. What kind of question you got for either Jason Staples, Taylor Vipolis, or everybody above? All right. So, um, since Gregory loves the over-under, I'm bringing yeah. it up under here. So, um, for everybody. All right. Going, going to talk about defense. So, over-under, 12-game regular season, right? Right. Nothing beyond the regular season. Over-under, 19 and a half turnovers forced by the defense. What say you? And where do they come from? Interceptions, fumbles. We Gregory, just... I'm going to put you on the spot first because you love the over-under. So 19 and a half, 12 games, turnovers forced. I think there were 15 last year in 12 games, 20 in 2019 and 13 games. See, now those are the numbers I was looking for because I didn't have go. that off the top I'm of my prepared. head. I, I, Jason starts talking math. I bring the math. I'm going to go under. But right. right right at 19, because I'm not ready to give him 20 yet. I'm not right. I'm not ready to give him 20 yet. Now, if I mean my right now I'm at 19, I'll just keep it at that. I'm not because I think the interceptions might go up a bit. Um, but it'll will be interesting to see what the what the D-line can do and the linebackers as far as fumbles and things like that. But I do expect interception numbers to go up, especially with a healthy storm duck and Conley up at safety. I could just see with his tracking and things like that. That's where I've got the coming from. So I'm at 19 with the under. All right. Let me chime in there. I think the defensive line that we've already talked about, and we've talked about a lot is going to contribute to some interceptions, more interceptions, at least some pressure on quarterbacks. Fumbles, you know, tend to be, you get the ball out and then it's luck uh, the way the ball bounces. But Vip, where do you see it? Over under turnovers, 19 and a half. I know we did an over-under show a while back. I don't remember if we had specifically total Yeah, I couldn't remember if you did that or not. Yeah, I don't think we we did did total. But Um, where you see it? If you're telling me that last year's defense in uh, whatever, however many games it was, was at 17, I would take the over just because they had seven interceptions last year. I think that number goes up. I think, like Tommy was mentioning, the the fumbles is – probably going to say kind of consistent year to year. Um, but I think when you have a more confident defense and you have more guys who know where they, they're going to be and you have uh, opportunities to get a lot more hats to the ball, I think that's when you could start seeing guys trying to punch the ball out more. So then when you factor that in, I think the fumbles would go up. And then I think this team is going to get more pressure on quarterbacks, a lot more errant throws from quarterbacks. And then you, you're going to see more interceptions because I know one of the first things Dre Bly is kind of preaching to these defensive backs is they have to catch the ball. Like Dre, Dre, like this is no, like they're playing cornerback because they can't catch. Like Dre is teaching these guys, like, we're going to make plays on the ball. And I think you've heard that in press conferences with Kyler McMichael, with Tony Grimes, with Storm Duck. Like these guys want to make plays and they're they're willing to jump routes to try to get their hands on the ball and make a big play for this defense. 
And Dre knows how to coach, how, uh, how to catch. Actually, funny story is Dre actually helped me become a better catcher years, mm-hmm. years ago. I, just because I learned of a drill that, uh, of a couple of things that he used to do for his hands. And I, I implemented them and it was like, wow, this stuff works. So, you know, Dre, <laughs> Dre knows his stuff. I'm going to go with the over two. Um, they, they had 20 in 13 games in 2019. And I think this defense is going to be significantly better than the 2019 team. Uh, and I also, I also think that the quarterback slate that they're playing is a group of guys that'll probably throw, throw some, throw some interceptions over the course of the season. So uh, I like the over there. I, 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 I'd put them around 2021 20, uh, comfortably. All right. Andy, you got to, you got to follow. No, no, Tommy, you haven't heard your answer. Uh, I you agree the, with you want the podcast host why, answer. Why, why do you want Tommy's answer? Well, and because I mean, he knows that I'm the, the screen, one, you know, and then bold guys <laughs> here. Come on, Tommy. You know, I want, God I want knows. the follicly challenged answer here. Come on, I Andy, mean, uh, Andy. Somebody uh, in the is, chat I'm, said we had Brad Frederick on the pod, so you should feel. I do. You know, I got, <laughs> I got mistaken for Jones Angel. I've gotten mistaken for for, for Brad Frederick. So yeah, it's it's just oh ugliness, I guess. I well, uh, I'm bald by choice, not by uh, necessity. At least not totally. I think over. Um, for what Jason talked about. This defense is going to be significantly better. And while I mentioned earlier that fumbles are generally um, a luck-type deal, if you've got a guy that forces a fumble and you've got four or five bodies to the ball, um, where Carolina hadn't really had that a lot in the last few years um, in, in recent memory, then you got a better chance of getting on that ball. And, and so if uh, Javari Ritzy has a strip sack and he's got all his buddies there, Asante and Gimmel and, you know, Miles Murphy and all those guys are around the ball. Then Carolina's going to get more of those than they may not have gotten in, in years past. So I'll go over 19 and a half. We need to mark this and put it on record. Um, Cause I see a lot of people on the YouTube chat were under, but, uh, but yeah. And a lot of teams are going to be playing from behind against Carolina all year too. And also, you have to think, I do expect this defense to be better. I don't expect them to be on the field as long as maybe in the past, and there's less opportunities for turnovers as well. So that's kind of my thought process. Mr. Bagwell, I have a question for you. I meant to ask Mr. Honeycutt this, um, but I, I didn't come. I didn't think of it. Who gets more sacks, Demon Fox or Desmond Evans? Uh-oh. <sighs> You um, ever want you ever let me remind let me remind you I have the power right. to kick you off this Zoom. He does not. <laughs> so I got I got to give the answer that you want here. I'll just say who um, do you think we got. Uh, <laughs> I I am going with the old wily veteran Tamon Fox. Right, I, 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 have a nice this. night. Have a. No- <laughs> I, I just He's I think Des nice. Evans is you know no I think at the end of the day crafty wily old guy is going to be able to get in there and, and get maybe one or two more than, than our buddy does love it man great let, answer let me let me back up andy here for a second yeah tamon fox yeah. the past two seasons has six and a half and then seven sacks okay. you know what you're getting with him yeah no well, well or i mean he's des evans had but, two years ago there one so they had to – he was one of the only a few guys. If you put Des Evans on the other line, they're not going to be able to block Tamon. So I'm, I, I am going to say this. I know that internally this coaching staff is very excited about what, they're th- what they think they're going to get from Des Evans this year. I think – and for that reason, 
I think there'll be more game planning for Des Evans than there will no, be for Tavon no. Fox. See, how are you going to say you're going to go with the veteran guy who's proven himself with six and a half and seven sacks and then say the offenses are going to game plan for the guy who hasn't proven anything? Because coaches listen to other coaches and they talk about it. I'm telling you, Gregory. We're going to put some serious money or some property or something I'm on gonna, it. I'm going to – One gonna of those hop. full-time checks on it. Yeah, you got full-time checks. Someone someone said in the chat that they've learned on this podcast that there's me and then there's people with correct takes. So that guy's never allowed on the Zoom. I like so. that. <laughs> that guy's awesome. <laughs> I think right, yeah, I, that's it. my Let's ultimate thing. See you at the end of the year. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is hey, fun. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, being an IC guy and appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Enjoy it. years, IC guy, long timer. So, yeah. Come see us in the bowls a lot. We'll be down there. All right. Be yeah. good. Let me ask you another question. Jason, Tamon Fox or Des Evans? <laughs> so, on my numbers for 20, for last year, Tamon Fox had nine sacks. So, not sure why there's that discrepancy, but um, it's Gregory. He's making stuff up. No, I'm just going. Know. I'm going off right. Right off. I'm, that's yeah. the website. The yeah. web. Yeah. UNC's <laughs> roster has him at that too. At nine? No, no. At the lower number. Uh, um, I think both guys are going to wind up right around nine, ten sacks. So I mean, that's it's what I had him at. It's it's to me a coin flip on that so i'm just going to go with a push and i'm going to take the the easy way out here because i think they're you're basically going to wind up with two guys that are uh that are in the same ballpark if they're both healthy so um i don't know that there's going to be a whole lot to to uh separate them on that but i mean i i wouldn't be surprised i'll just say this the upside favors the young super long athletic guy to come in and make the make, make that big of a difference so if you know gun to my head i'm actually taking des evans on this against more worn down offensive lines yeah yeah he's oh. going to get opportunity you got to remember des evans is going to be playing a lot when carolina's already up 14 when teams That's are starting way. to throw the ball a little bit more too so I, I i you know it's basically a push for me but but since i'm you know i'm i'm going to get uh mocked by tommy if i if i take the easy way out i'm gonna go with uh i'm, I'm gonna go with des evans here no you make you make you always make you valid points that make better make points than make. me so yeah i mean you need an old wily guy to make your points for you gregory that's the whole deal with young people um, today. here i am if any, old wily I don't guy know about jason. <laughs> i mean look at those guns i don't think jason classifies as old and wily he's like old you wily do guy. tommy he's like he's aged three years in the past 12 months and he knows what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about. uh let's uh let me take a second and talk about johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com they are great sponsors of this podcast uh they do a lot for inside carolina do a lot for inside carolina premium subscribers and of course you get that 10 percent off i was in there Woo. this weekend <sighs> went up to chapel hill somebody said they saw me on franklin street if you see me walking around i probably don't know what i'm doing holler say hello <sighs> Even if I'm with my son, he's up there at Carolina. But Johnny T-Shirt, great friends. Support them. Do all you can to support them. They need it, especially with all this stuff coming back. You need to spend your money um, while we can, whether it's online or in person. Let the audio version of this podcast, probably the last one, or at least the last public one, let the national guys pay the bills. We'll be right back with On the, Li On the Beat Live. 
Gregory Hall running the wheels. Jason Staples, Taylor Ripless. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. We'll be right back. All right, boys. Second session. We're starting at 9.50. Getting past my bedtime. We're rolling late on this We started after your bedtime, didn't we? No, close. It was pretty close. But um, I finished Outer Banks. I finished Narcos, Mexico. I'm about to start Manifest Season 3, so I stay up a little bit later. You have an HBO Max account, correct? I do. White Lotus. Check it out. Narcos Narcos, uh, has been uh, helping my, my Spanish vocabulary. Yes, I'm, it is. I'm, I'm recovering some some of my Spanish, but uh, it's it's a different vocabulary than what I than what I usually use. The, uh, the, those uh, I have found that the uh, subtitles on Netflix are not always accurate. They're not always accurate, and it's hilarious <laughs> where they make some changes. I, I've I've definitely done some. Wait a second, that is not what I heard, yeah. and then just cracked up. And then I try to say it uh, elsewhere, and people are like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, it was just subtitle on netflix like, like no nah, that's not it anyway great show great streaming stuff uh gregory i picture you an outer banks guy but uh anyway that's a fun show too am i a pogue or a um kook whatever the rich people are what oh, in the thank world you. are you guys talking about <laughs> yeah i appreciate that all right we ready to bring I'm with in you on narcos person? but i have no idea what yeah. this is <laughs> bring in our, our our next inside carolina premium subscriber this has been fun this is on the beat live <laughs> Um, you know, and while we're bringing them in, I do want to give a shout out to Joey Powell. He is, uh, muddy, muddying up our YouTube chat, but he's a, a cool dude. And he's going to be with Jason Staples at Old East Tavern on Virginia Tech game, doing Inside Carolina Live pregame there. God help him. I will, uh, this guy, I think you let in the wrong person on our YouTube chat. I <laughs> he think, was in uh, the waiting room. <laughs> that is, uh, that is not accurate. We, we need to delete him. But anyway, Inside Carolina Live at Old East Tavern. Certainly check it out. Sponsored by uh, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. The post-game Inside Carolina podcast uh, with Ross Martin and I believe Sean Drawn is sponsored by Blue Shark Vodka. Gregory, I'll let you introduce this guy. I don't think uh, I don't man, think I've talked to him in a while since he left man. for bigger and better things. The <laughs> legend, number two, second best video intern we've ever had. John I'll Bowman. Take- John Bowman still walks this earth. I'll Luke Buxton. It. Luke Buxton. Everybody, welcome, welcome back to the show. That so first off, Taylor, the the hotel room. It's it's cracking me up. Uh, <laughs> It's yeah, not he's a doing hotel the, room. He's, he's it's doing not a hotel room. room I just said Hilton. The Hyatt Inn is great. I hope you get a good continental breakfast. Second is I gotta show off the show off the merch. Right, whoa, whoa, nice. Whoa. I'm sitting right between Tommy. For and, a second there, I wasn't sure what you were about to show. I, know, I was like, someone's been in the gym. <laughs> no, no. I'm, <laughs> I saw the I saw both shirts coming off. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you showing off here? It's you guys put the start date at nine o'clock. Anything can happen past nine o'clock. It's after Tommy's Tommy's bed shirt. Right? Not not being shirtless was technically not a rule. So I only put no swearing in the rule. <laughs> you need to put that rule in. Yeah, no question. <laughs> you, you need, especially given the the general profile of, of message board posters. All right, Luke, you got some football questions for us? Something to talk about? Got one question. Looking at the offense as we approach September 3rd, obviously the, the offensive line, QB, stays the same. But in terms of skill positions, we're, we're getting a completely different look than, than what we saw last season. What should Carolina fans expect? Is Phil Longo going to change some things up and some schemes and offense to fit maybe a slightly different personnel? 
what's the prediction as, as the Tar Heels take the offensive side of the field on, on Friday? You got it, Vip. Go first. Even though I see somebody giving you a hard time on YouTube chat, which is kind of funny. but I, I was going to defer to Jason because Jason, I think, is the best when it comes to X's and O's and schematically. Wow, I'm, 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 I want you. I want you to go first, Vip, and I'll, I'll go. I'll go to you first, Vip, because I'll I'll build on whatever you say because whatever you say is probably <laughs> going to be right. Yeah, I was going to say that I think with this Carolina team um, last year, I think you saw a lot more two running back sets when you have Michael Carter, Javante Williams. I don't know if starting from week one, you're going to be that confident having Caleb Hood. Ty Chandler on the field when you do have a lot of good receivers, you do have a tight end in Garrett Watson, where I don't think you're going to be taking out some of these guys off the field to get Caleb Hood or Ty Chandler both on the field at the same time. So I would say that would be the biggest one for me week one early. Um, I think when you're looking at the receivers for this Carolina team between Emory Simmons, Anton Green, Josh Downs, and then I, I thought Garrett Walson kind of showed what he could do as a tight end um, in that orange bowl where you don't have the crutch of a Deami Brown or a Michael Carter or Javante Williams, where he could be more of a weapon in the middle of the field. So I think you're going to see a lot of three receivers, one tight end, one running back uh, traditional sets that I think it's, it's more of the, the default sets now in, in college football. 100% wrong. No, actually completely right. Um, I, I think not only are we going to see that base personnel package, but one of the things that I noticed when I, when I went and I started for the, the, um, the scouting, uh, reports that I'm doing for Carolina, which are running a little later than what we'd hoped to, but I, I, you know, other things interfered on that. So, uh, but they're, they're releasing as we're getting up to the season, as I was going back and studying Ty Chandler, uh, at, uh, at Tennessee and what he was able to do there. One, the one thing really, well, two things really stood out about him right away. One is he was outstanding as a, as a, when they lined him up at wide receiver. So he, they lined him up in the slot a lot and would have him run a, a, a variety of different routes. And he didn't run those routes like a typical running back. So he, he actually is a, is an advanced route runner from the, from the running back position and was and showed really reliable hands. I mean, he was running, you know, uh, quick outs, bench routes, stick routes, uh, ran some slants, ran some some double moves, actually ran some goes and was reliable catching the football on all of those. And so that's one of those things where I think given that skill set, I'm going to expect to see a decent amount of of pre-snap movement or different formations out of that same 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, where they'll line up and they'll be that, that personnel and you'll have to match up with that. And then they'll put, they'll flex Ty Chandler out and run some five wide receiver stuff, like what they showed in the, uh, in the bowl game. And they'll do that with Chandler at that, at that receiver position. And they'll get him on in some, uh, some matchup problems against some backers in particular. Uh, and, and they're going to cause some problems with that, with that set. Uh, the other thing, by the way, that stood out is he was absolutely dreadful in pass protection. <laughs> so that reinforces <laughs> the reason you might want to flex him out in terms of uh, using that skill set as opposed to the other. And 
the, the, the thing is you go two backs, not only when you've got two backs that run like Michael Carter and Javante Williams, but when you've got two backs that can pass protect like those guys, because those guys really, they, they took pride in protecting Sam Howell and protecting the passer and were really good at it. Uh, and so, you know, that's one of the things that as a, a true freshman who <laughs> played quarterback in high school, and a guy who was not good at pass protection at his prior stop, you're not going to go to a whole lot of both of those guys in the backfield together because teams are going to blitz you. And if you're throwing a lot out of that set, your quarterback's going to get hit unless those guys have made big strides, and you hope they, they do and have in, in pass protection. But I think you're going to see more five-wide sets uh, with, with you know, a back flexed, with uh, Chandler flexed, and a lot of 11 personnel uh, with one back doing, doing his, his, his duty in the backfield. Jason, how, this is a point that um, Michael Felder brought up when I had him on the podcast where it's like, if somebody like Ty Chandler is, isn't up to par with the pass protection and say somebody like Caleb Hood is, and that's probably one of the last things that kind of clicks as that high school to college yeah. jump, because it's just not something you're used to doing, but say Caleb Hood is a better pass protector and he's coming in on like obvious passing downs or not even not even so much obvious passing downs. How worried would you be as a staff that teams could start to pick up these tendencies like Caleb Hood's in? It's more likely to be a pass because he is a better pass protector. Or are you kind of just hoping that Ty Chandler does start to make more strides in the pass pro game? Well, I mean, the way I would look at it as a coach is if you got a guy that's a better pass protector and he's the freshman that he plays. <laughs> he becomes your number one back. So to me, I'm telling Ty Chandler, look, if you can't, if you can't protect the passer, you can't play here. I don't care how good you are in the other areas. That's the franchise. If you, if you get that guy hit a bunch, you're not on the field. That's rule number one. And so, you know, if you've got a, a true freshman like Caleb Hood, who look, the guy's got, a, got the, the, the profile of a, of, a, of a really good back physically. I mean, he's going to be able to run the ball. Sure. But the reason that a, that a young guy doesn't play as much is because of, you know, inconsistency as a pass protector. Usually it's not so much physical. That is a factor for young guys too, but it's, you got double reads. You got to know where the blitz is coming from and you've got to react quickly to get there and get there physically to be able to make sure that your guy doesn't get hit. And that takes time to be able to process all that so quickly enough. If hood is ahead of, of Chandler on that at this stage, then Hood's going to be the number one back. So, uh, you know, and uh, otherwise they're going to, you know, basically the, the, the trigger is going to be when you see, when you see them motioning the back out of the backfield, then, you know, it's a pass, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think Chandler has the physical profile to do it. It just didn't seem to me that he was as interested in it. Uh, that was my read. Maybe, you know, maybe that's unfair, but, uh, it's something that I think he can, he can be good at. He just has to commit to it. And I think this coaching staff's going to, going to get him there. So, uh, but both guys are going to play. And, and again, whichever one is better on pass protection is ultimately going to be the guy that gets the bulk of the reps. To your point, as far as the coaching staff and things like that, I mean, that's like a main focus for them as far as pass protection. And then that's why they went out and got the veteran guy, even if it might not be a strength of his based on observations, things like that it's something that he knows how to do and can do. And I think they're going to get him to the point where it is a strength. And I think that's why he'll consistently be that number one guy. And 
I don't know if it's much as Caleb Hood overtaking Ty Chandler, but it's certainly looking like it's going to be Caleb Hood separating himself from the other guys as far as if we're talking depth chart in the backfield and things like that. They like what Ty Chandler can do as far as what they're telling us. Now they could be lying to us, but I doubt I they doubt, would I, be. I mean, look, the guy, the guy, there's a lot that he does right. that showed up uh, on that Tennessee stuff that I was looking at was like, man, he's a really good fit for what they, what they do and a guy that can hit some home runs. So, I mean, he's a great fit as long as he can protect the passer. As long as he gets better in that area, mm-hmm. he's going to be a really good player for this team. And when you bring him in, right, when you're adjusting to off the offense and things like that, it's really, you know, he can run, right? So, you really, that's kind of the main focus. That's like focus 1A, 1B, and 2, right? Especially when you've got Sam Howell, Sam Howell in the backfield. Luke, you got anything else? We got time, so there's no one else in the waiting room. They're scared to step up or something. They're afraid of Tommy. So they don't. I was I was gonna say give us another subscriber. You guys know you had the author of Duke Sucks before me, Andy Bagwell. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Like, I was gonna say this is awesome. You guys are doing this. Miss you guys. I heard the next endeavor is a, a Tommy Ashley TikTok for Inside Carolina. Is that what I was I've already I already have TikTok. Yeah. But I mean it's pure dog. Tommy will but like send me. It. Tommy will like send me TikToks. <laughs> He'll like message me TikTok. Uh, you're not that guy, Gregory. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, though. <laughs> uh, guys, I gotta hop. Uh, hope the hope the artwork came out well. And Jason, thanks for making me go do some push-ups right after this. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Luke. Man, you're awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good to see you again. Bye, Luke. Take it easy. Let me uh, let, let's look at a couple of YouTube questions before we get out of here. Right. Um, somebody, Anthony Wade on the YouTube chat and, and Vip, you going back and forth with him deeper into it. But the over under for Ty Chandler on the year is 650 rushing yards. I'd probably bet my house on that if he was healthy. Tell me why I shouldn't, Jason. I'll bet in Oregon. Bet the house on what? 650 yards rushing for Ty Chandler, if that was a prop bet somewhere. Oh, I'm taking that bet any day. Yeah. Vip, you agree with that? I mean, I'm not betting my house on it because I'm not stupid because a guy could get hurt. But I mean, I said assuming he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. That's not how, take, gambling, that's not how gambling works, Tommy. Well, you know, that, I'll just tell the, the Tommy walks into Vegas. I'm going to put my house on this guy, but if he gets hurt, I want my money back. It's, yeah, refunded. <laughs> Yeah, I if, bet if the bet time, doesn't hit, I get my money back. <laughs> we, I, I have bet one time in that we were at Atlantis, uh, name drop, covering the battle for Atlantis a couple of years ago. And I bet, I think the state Carolina game was 10. And I, Greg Barnes talked me into putting money on Carolina and giving 10. And I won that because Carolina beat the, Greg you know, will never is. bet on sports, but he'll, he'll be like, yeah, you should, you got, you should do that. But he'll never like, put his own money on it. <laughs> I won like $23.57 or whatever I bet. I mean, it was fantastic. It was free money. I know yeah, we've been – so, so just thinking about that bet, I mean, he had 650 yards twice at Tennessee, right? I mean, so, I think he's going to have close to 12. And he was, averaging, he was averaging five yards a carry in those two seasons. Now, he's going to be behind a better offensive line than he had at Tennessee with – Sam Howell in the backfield with him, which takes a whole lot of pressure off the running game because teams have to worry about that guy. And so now you're making things a lot easier on your back. I think he's going to average six yards a carry. So, you know, if he gets 10 carries a game for 10 games, averages six yards a carry, 
he's going to, he's going to be at 600 yards right there, just 10 carries a game. So like half for, of the, what he's going to get. Yeah. And for 12 care, if he goes 12 games at 10 carries, he's over 650 right there. So, I mean, I think he's going to get 15 carries area, area per game. And at about six, six yards a carry, I think he's going to be pushing. I mean, again, this is contingent on making sure he, he picks up the, the, the blocking stuff, which I think he will. I think you're looking at, I expect him to be around a thousand. Yeah. I, I think we discussed last week, a thousand, twelve hundred for Chandler. Um, five or six hundred for Hood, maybe. I, I mean, yeah, I think had, I, what, I wouldn't be surprised if Hood. Plus? I wouldn't be surprised if Hood had a little bit more and, and Chandler had a little bit less. But I mean, I think you're looking at around a thousand, maybe six fifty or six fifty for Hood. Okay, that's Drew, what I was thinking. On the YouTube, on the YouTube chat, Drew, I'll go Chandler a <laughs> thousand. You already said uh, that. I know, but I mean, he's calling you've me. Said it, you've said it on past ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, uh, I, I, I mean, the thing you got to realize <laughs> about Chandler is Chandler is fast, fast. Yeah, if he gets space, yeah, he's and he, he's just got one guy to make miss. He's going to score. Uh, he I mean, he will. I mean, he, he there's some vision stuff, and his feet are not always aligned with his eyes. So you know that he gathers too much and and. You know, the thing about a guy like Javante is he always had his feet and his eyes right in, you know, right in sync. And he hit holes that you didn't think were there. He would just see stuff and be through it before it was even before it even before it even seemed like it was there. He doesn't have that kind of vision, but he's one of those guys where when he gets out in the open field, you're going to see, you know, Michael Carter type stuff where he he can just take off and run. And he's faster than I think. I think he's actually faster than Michael Carter was. He's not as 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 elusive. He'll get tackled one on one in the in the open field where Carter wouldn't. But he also he gets if he gets in front of you, he's probably scoring. Absolutely. Let's go a little bit rapid fire. Uh, when are you, when are you moving this to he's not the question from Michelle Avent. Uh, as soon as Gregory gets it figured out, that's that's a hot take. I was what gonna say as not? soon as as soon as he's not drops the bag. What are we? <laughs> yeah, really. really? On the, oh my god, on the beat sponsored by oh He's god. Not would make my. They've life. got an area. I sat over oh, there. The, in the world is He's Not. It's he's a, not, oh my it's, god. It's, it's the it's the number. Wow. It's the, uh, I don't even need to explain it. I would, Jason drinks milk. He doesn't from from Pantana Bob's deck. That would be sick. What well, is he's not? It's a he's bar not in Chapel Hill. Bar, or the blue, okay. Chapel Hill. Yeah. The home of the blue Once, cup. Is it a new, is it a new, new, uh, relatively sit, new bar, I guess. Sit this one out. Jason. Somewhat. <laughs> I, 40, 50 years. New it was there you. when okay, I was yeah. in Carolina. That okay. So it's pretty new. Yeah. That's pretty new. Like I have in, no idea about any of this stuff. In a uh, Triassic era. You knew this. Uh, <laughs> over under Josh down six touchdowns. I'm going over. Bill. <laughs> Way over. He had two in the he had over. two in the orange bowl. Double. Yeah. I think he's gonna be double digit touchdowns. Yeah. He has he has the ability to sneak behind defenses with his speed. We saw it in the orange bowl. I think easy over six. Well, I mean the other thing is that you're, you're gonna see him in the running game some. I that's mean, they're, a, that's they're another gonna... question on the board. Someone asked Josh Downs in the backfield. Kind yeah, of like oh, Percy I, Harvin with Tim Tebow. I, I think well, I don't think you're gonna see him used quite like Percy was because of the size thing. I mean, Percy's a big guy. Yes. Uh, I mean, Percy was 200 plus pounds, but you are going to see him at different points, you know, get the ball on sweeps and, you know, he's going to be a bump pass guy, you know, lots of different things that you, that they do just to get him the ball. And they're going to do that stuff in the red zone at times because you get him the ball on the edge and that guy's going to score. 
he's going to find ways in the end zone that that guy's going to, he's going to be double digit touchdowns. If he, if he's healthy the whole season, if he plays the whole season, he's be, he's going to be double digits. Yeah. He needs to uh, make a highlight to get Don Chapman off the highlight on Twitter. And, and that's no offense to Chapman, but that was nasty. That's Another question I saw was about starting safeties opposite of Conley. They've got Conley right now, and then they've got either Trey Morrison or Giovanni Biggers that are pretty much interchangeable, and Don Chapman started at nickel. So just wanted to get that answer out there, a little depth chart. Bigger, they're really high on Giovanni Biggers. They, they, they I agree, love but, Biggers. But Morrison, Biggers, and then Chapman in that order. That's, that's, I mean, I think you go with Well, Chapman experience. will probably be first nickel out on the field. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Chapman at nickel in terms of, you know, where my concerns lie on the defensive side. I mean, I know why they've got him there, but uh, I'll be interested to see how, how much he actually plays at that spot. And if he plays to the to the expectation, I mean, that's he's, he's got some he's got some nice. Uh, uh, he's got a nice skill set, but they've got a lot of bodies that can play in the secondary. And, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens at that nickel spot. Let me ask a question here, and this and Vip, I'll start with you on it, and then Jason, get your take because I think it's relevant, and I, I think the answer is obvious. Uh, Ritzy going to play more than Silver this year? I yes. think Ritzy plays a ton. Bip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Now Silver, you know, Silver has the chance. I mean, in terms of upside, they're basically you know coin flip. Silver's Silver's a he's got a chance to be a dude, but in terms of who came in more ready. Ritzy came in more ready to play. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and he's shown that. And uh, I, I think Ritzy will splash a lot this he year. He can play all three positions on the line easily. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, Ritzy, Ritzy, I, I, w- I was talking with someone from the the coaching staff about Ritzy, and I, I made the observation that what I saw in the spring, it's like, dude, that Ritzy guy, that that five he can already do things that you haven't had anybody who could do since you've been on, since, since you've been here, you know, since Max staff got here, I was like, that, that was my, my take. And he goes, yep. <laughs> because think- that guy, he did a couple things in the spring game that they haven't had anybody that could, that could really do that stuff. It was like, wow, that just the physical ability that's there is just off the charts and the movement skills at that size off the charts. And I think what you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Des Evans, Taman Fox thing, these guys are going to be playing fresh against mm-hmm. offensive linemen and backs that are that have been playing all day and, and yeah. that are worn out. And I think you'll see um, some big-time plays. I mean, Ritzy's like, like if, you t- if you added 40 pounds to Jason Strobridge. Or yeah. 30 or whatever it is. I mean, that's, it, it's that kind of thing. I mean, it's just that he's that big of a body that moves like that and has hands like that. So, and again, silver is not really far removed from that. And you add that to the guy that they just got committed and those three, you could put, you could put those three guys on the field together in two years. Bill, one, two, three, one, two, nine, three, dropping questions. And I'm going to ask this because we discussed it last week. I saw I was, I was about to bring this one up. And and Gregory got in a little trouble with folks, thought that they were, you know, he was kind of slamming Surratt. And I didn't take it that way at all. I support my younger folks. Vip, can Asante be more productive than Chaz Surratt? 
I think in the grand scheme of things, he could be more productive than Surratt just because he has better linebacker instincts. He's been playing the position his whole life. Like Surratt is a freak athlete. You don't get drafted to the NFL at a position uh, you've been playing for two and a half years, basically, without being a freak athlete. But Asante, in terms of like when you're comparing the two, he's a more natural linebacker. Um, I think Jason had a, a great breakdown on him today on the, the premium board, if, if anybody hasn't checked that out. But he, he has his limitations due to his size. But in terms of instinctually, he's, he has the potential to be a better linebacker with, with a higher ceiling just because of, of those instincts, I think. I think Thank he you. That's exactly him. what I said. Yeah, and I think he replaces Gimmel next year as the guy. Jason, compare – you and folks that are watching this or listening to this at some point that haven't been on the premium board uh, to check out Jason's scouting report breakdowns. It's fascinating. Uh, and I really like, Jason, how you've done the now versus the ceiling for the younger guys. Um, but talk a little bit about Asante's ability – I know we tend to watch the Orange Bowl and say, well, this guy can be really good. Uh, he, you know, he's going to be – nobody will remember Chasserat. But talk about that sort of maturation for Asante and, and what he does this year for this team opposite a guy like Jeremiah Gemma, who's just, you know, Mac Brown's already said he's one of the best leaders, best guys he's ever had. Yeah, so to me, the the big thing with Asante is – the, the knock on, on Surratt was the biggest knock on him was that he missed a ton of tackles. He just didn't get guys on the ground at times. He'd be there over and over again, but there were times where he just, he missed a lot of tackles. And a lot of that was because of just being slightly off angle, you know, just little things that if, as he plays more at the next level, you know, hopefully that stuff finds itself, you know, resolves itself that some of that's instincts. Some of that's just, uh, being used to being in the, in specific angles that you need to be in to make the tackle. But other times he just short armed, you know, he'd alligator arm tackles and things like that. I think, you know, one of the things that stood out about Asante is I don't think we're going to see quite as many missed tackles from that position as we saw with Surratt. Now, again, he's not quite the athlete that Surratt was, especially in terms of length, but he's not really that far behind. I mean, he's a really good athlete. So you know, I think that's where the the biggest difference comes in in terms of what he brings to the table is I think you're going to see him be a bit get guys on the ground a little bit better than what Surratt did. The place where he's not going to be as efficient is Surratt as, off the edge as a rusher was as a pass rusher was a plus pass rusher. I mean, he he was a terror coming off the edge as a pass rusher. And I don't think uh, I've seen the same quite the same level of potential as a rusher from uh, Asante off the edge. He's a really good blitzer when you give him a, an A gap or a B gap blitz. So, you know, inside blitz, he gets there quickly because he times it really well and he's, he's got a great burst. But that, I think, is where the, the difference is going to be. It'll be a comparable blitzer, but, you know, they could, they could basically make Surratt their designated edge rusher and, and know that he'd, he'd get some pressure. And I don't think you're going to get that role out of him. But... On the coverage side, on the run-stopping side and all that, I think Asante can be basically as good as, as Surratt was last year. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I think 
I've said it all along. I think Carolina's defensive line sets the tone and lets those linebackers run free. And I think Asante uh, will certainly benefit uh, more so than Surratt did last year of having a defensive line that can sort of set him free. Yeah, Surratt um, had the disadvantage last year. There were times where he looked bad partly because he didn't get the protection that he needed. So, I mean, he got some of the some of the tackles even that he missed were because of that. So that's also going to really help Asante this year. <laughs> Yep, folks, this has been On The Beat Live. It's been fun. We've done a little different. It's been, you know, a little glitchy at times. We're trying to get uh, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers in, but for the most part, it's run really well. Gregory Hall has done great. He's fixing his collar. You know, these these new guys, they always got to have stuff in gear. I wanted uh, to – hold on. Before we ended um, – I'm not, um, like, cutting us off yet, but you got you, you got to stop cutting me off, man. <laughs> Tell them, Jason. These old guys get mad when you I thought off. you were about to end the show. I wasn't it's, ready. It, he's just oh, the teammate. Okay. You said the this teammate has who, been on the – He's the incoming know. freshman who's just shooting That's 40 Ritzy shots right a game there. right now. He's shooting That's, 40 shots a game. It's also – does that <laughs> nobody, nobody could get in the flow right now because of how much <laughs> – Wait, wait no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, let the old guy talk, and then the old guy will defer to the young guys. It's kind of like the lion in the field, man. He just lays back. <laughs> Let's the young guys do the work. Bring him the meal. It's been a are great. You, are you saying you want Greg to bring you a meal, Gregory yeah. to bring you a meal? I'm not sure he could do that these days. I, but he is full time inside Carolina. Go ahead, Gregory. I said I know we've been talking football, <laughs> um, but it was just like a little source thing on one of the University of Arizona sites that they're hiring that they're going to announce the hiring of Steve Robinson to the basketball staff. Just wanted to. Drop a little live news for hmm. you. That is interesting, and uh, I didn't see. I thought he would. I thought he would be retire. I thought he'd retire. Former I, Florida State basketball head coach Steve Robinson, TCU as well, and TCU. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so he's so, going cross coast, little little ACC Pac twelve alliance, if you will. Steve yeah. Robinson over yeah, maybe, to maybe the University of Arizona. That so is. I, uh, I just wanted to make sure that made it in here. No, and for the people listening to this. And this Andrew Playtech in the transfer portal. Absolutely. I mean, he put up 50 in a summer league game, didn't he? Look, I put up 47 in a church league game, and I shot every single time I had the ball. So if you can put up 50 in any game. I'll still be, be able to defend you in the Bulls lot. Dude, I'll destroy you. Don't even come here. I'm on uh, ruin lives if you want to go there. Gregory Hall has been the wheels. He's been the man, man in the YouTube live and all that stuff. Jason Staples and Taylor Vipolis have been the experts, and I've just been here enjoying a beverage and, and trying to captain the ship. I feel like Jack Sparrow at times uh, running this ship. But it's yeah, well, fun. no, see, this wasn't so much Jack Sparrow as it was, look at me. I'm the captain now. Hey. <laughs> I, I could kick him right now if I wanted to. Stay in your lane. Young, young fella you mentioned you mentioned uh ruining lives in the bowls lot gregory knows a bunch about ruining lives right here wow this is getting weird hey folks inside carolina i'll cover you too vip i don't care that you were a d1 receiver i won't i, I take that back i take that back i don't want this i don't want that i don't want that. see i i would I would say something about this but here's the problem my my mind can still do it and i can still i can still play but my body does not cooperate like it used to. So I don't know exactly what's going to come out there. <laughs> Jason will be the guy with the Achilles blown Achilles in the parking lot. I, I you know, I, I, I'm the guy that, that, you know, 
<laughs> my other ankle that hasn't been surgically repaired will happen to be the one that explodes the moment I take <laughs> off and, you know, everybody's got to carry me to the car or something. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to say that back in my day, well, neither of you have wanted anything. And I'm talking to you too, Vip. Someone just said over under Tommy dunks on me at 10. Yeah, <laughs> over hundred percent. It needs to be. What height is this goal? I have video proof of thundering on people at 10 foot goal. So uh, don't, don't doubt it. Anyway, let yeah, me get you, out what, of here. You were dunking there, Tommy. How about yeah, that? Boy, I used to be able to get it a little bit. Uh, that was yeah, it's not ago. bad. I mean, you're not, you're not that tall. So, I mean, give you six some three, credit for that. Yeah. Six, six three, three ain't bad. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I hurt some boys in church league. Yeah. <laughs> Last dunk I had was at 35 years old. I don't, I don't think I'm probably going to be able to get another one down in my lifetime. Yeah. That those days are over. I think it was 31 for me. The calf told me to quit before he snapped and I quit right on the spot vip you're just sitting back listening to the old guys reminisce it's been Vip can still do it let me ask vip a question there's no if, way vip can dunk a basketball if, if we no, he can't <laughs> he can't the yeah. gaming chair people have been talking about the gaming chair in the hotel room vip I, i'm just curious as to what game's on point these days what game am i playing right now uh i play a lot of row company it's more of a an independent game nice uh, but the um CEO of Row Company. Um, let me see. I want to get the right name. It's uh, High Res Studio, and the CEO Stuart Chisholm is a UNC Chapel Hill '93 grad. Um, Tommy, so, that, Tommy turned fifty that year. No, that's when I graduated. <laughs> he Don't was he, he was in your class. Row Company. It was a free game to play. Um, that's what I that's what I've been playing lately, though. Drop me a link. Let me All get right. some of that. I will. Uh, I, and we need to get him on the podcast, Forty Club Podcast, man. He's a, he was a graduate. He's doing that kind of stuff when he graduated in '93, and I'm doing this kind of stuff. Man, how life turns. Jason Staples, Taylor Viplis. Is it okay if I wrap the show at this point, Gregory? Yes, sir. I'll allow. Appreciate it. You allow it, <laughs> guys. It's been on the beat live inside Carolina.com podcast. Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com. Tommy Ashley Staples, Vip. Gregory Hall. We'll see you next week. Same time, same spot. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs>